I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello, listeners. It's week 10 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. And in this one, we talk about the 4-2-3-1. We talk about getting wide players involved, next-gen thoughts, including camera angles and more, winning penalty shootouts, skill moves, and plenty more. All in this week's Foot Weekly podcast, brought to you by the Pod Supporters. So then, let me introduce our panel for this one, and actually reintroduce, of course, for those who caught the Supporter Content Pod, which I think was a particularly good one. There was a lot of very useful market analysis in there at the very end as well, which hopefully people were helped by, because we've had a lot of questions about that. But yes, let's get into this gameplay one, and I'm delighted to be welcoming back to the pod, someone who's certainly had a varied year and I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more in this podcast. It's been a little while, but it's very, very good to have the familiar voice and, as we often say, voice of Love Island, but voice of many other things too, Ian Sterling. Welcome. Lovely to be here, mate. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. And, of course, it's also great to have our next two guests who don't need much introduction. So, hello, Japes. Hello. And Steve, hello. Hi, Ben. Yeah, I'm also available for voiceover work, just like Ian. <laughs> Limited to Chris Sutton impersonations that I hear. Um, Ian, <laughs> we'll start this off. I think we we're going to talk about your 4-2-3-1 that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you've developed some slightly novelty tactics and um, we're ready to have Steve and Jape shoot it down as soon as you talk about it. So yeah, I'm, let's, I'm <laughs> let's hear what you've got. Right. So I play a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. I play it with one, two, three, four, five, sixth width, sixth depth on a balanced defensive style. So no one depth drop back nonsense. 
Nice. Now, the thing that I think makes this a bit more interesting, and I don't know if maybe everyone does this, I've got, like I said, I've got Bobby Firmino and Oxley Chamberlain as my CDMs, but I've got the offensive style set to long ball, and my players in the box is up at seven or eight, mm-hmm. which means Bobby Firmino basically always goes up to join the attack. So I've sort of got a five person attack with my um, three cams, my striker and my CDM, and then I've got my middle cam, who is, uh, who is my um, Neymar, set to get in the box uh, on crosses. So I sort of Mbappe and Neymar are up top a lot. The, what, the reason I don't like it and why I think maybe I need to change my formation is I feel like the left cam and the right cam sort of don't do anything. So that's where mm. I never spend any money. I mean, I remember I got like, I got like Garincha, played him, done nothing. I had Neymar, I packed him on trade, but I was really lucky. So I had him at left cam and I just thought, Neymar's terrible. And everyone on my stream told me to move him to central cam. And now he's obviously one of the best players in the game. So I just feel like maybe I'm just not utilizing my left and right cams and attack. And that's a bit of a waste. That's where the formation is maybe falling down. Can I just get this straight, Ian? What you're telling us is that you've invented the 415. <laughs> I think I've invented this thing called the 415. What, do you have Do you have get in the box on your outside mids? That's a very good point, and I'm about to tell you that I don't. Mm. So maybe should I do that? So I like having the get in the box for crosses on my uh, like outside attackers in that type of formation. I find oftentimes what it does is if you do work it out wide to your, like for instance, your right attacking mid, that means that when you try to when you recirculate the ball through the middle, your left attacking mid is already going to be making attacking runs into the box. So I you'll be able show. to try to feed them in through on goal. Mm. Also extra effective for when you're trying to get that whipped cross in for the player making yes, the run into yes, the far yes. post. So, yeah, yeah, I do find I that I do find that that, that uh, yeah, I do just find that is probably the thing because then I sort of if I don't manage to make an attack down the line, then I'm put it back into like Firmino or Neymar and then it just feels like I've not really got the options and obviously every shot is blocked and they've got several players behind the ball which is sort of frustrating so yeah that could be really useful actually for changing changing that up I also found a little thing I don't know if you've ever tried this I changed just because I was fed up every time I got a free kick or a corner basically going I'd rather they had a goal kick because I'm just going to concede I put my corners and free kicks down to just like one deck, like one bar. So they only like one player in. But what I found is when I go, sh- when I used to go short on corners, the ball would always go to one of my s- central defenders. Like that would be default who was there. Whereas now when I go short, it's like my strikers that are getting the ball because obviously I've only got one player up. So it's my more attacking players. So actually I've got better attacking options for corners and free kicks when I've got it set to only like one or two players in the box as opposed to like three or four? Yeah, not something I've played around too much with. I think mine is set on two and uh, recently added Big Virgil uh, to my squad who I wouldn't trade for the world. Having him up on corner kicks, he is such a threat that if he were to end up dropping back, I would likely lose out on a handful of of goals a weekend. Yeah, well, maybe I need to try and score more. I just don't really do headers. But in Silver Lounge and Division Rivals, I do score a fair few headers, actually. I mean, obviously, you know, Virgil's not in the team, so it's going to make it harder for you playing in goal for Liverpool at the moment. But how how was your your debut the other week, 
I got man of the match in the Champions League. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't I, it? If anyone doesn't hasn't seen a picture of me in a picture of Liverpool's <laughs> new goalkeeper, he's yeah. like he looks like me, but he's got hope in his eyes. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he's what yeah. you would look like if you were a goalkeeper for Liverpool who had a chance at. He looks like me one. when I played football at university. He honestly, yeah. it's uncanny. I'm very. You're not happy. telling me Liverpool's new goalkeeper wears glasses, are you? If, if he did, mate, I would <laughs> I would get so much work as a lookalikey. Oh, and also, I mean, you, you know, you've obviously made a, a competitive appearance in the world of real football with Soccer Aid since we last spoke. So. Yeah, what an incredible performance that was. You're right. Just quickly, like, what was that like? Because we haven't had anyone on the pod who has done that, I don't think. What was it like having Claude Makaleli scream at you to stay back and like <laughs> mind blowing? What What is it like playing with Sen, who was one of my favourite icons in FIFA 19? It was great. It was really good. It also makes you realise how, I know people say this all the time, but how incredible footballers are at football when you realise mm. just how big it is. Also, I hadn't played football in so long. It wasn't until I got on the pitch, I realised I'm short-sighted, so I don't really need my glasses for like fives and stuff. I then got into an 11-a-size pitch and realised, oh, wow, I can't see the people on the other side of the pitch without my glasses on, but I can't wear glasses to play football. So it was an absolute disaster. Like, it was the most nerve-wracking thing of all time. Luckily, <laughs> nobody was passing any long balls to me, so I was sort of all right. <laughs> uh, be like a defender on FIFA if a ball came over the top. Just <laughs> Oh, mate, honestly. Um, oh, that's great. Um, sorry, go back to your 4-2-3-1 tactic. One thing that's kind of interesting, which would be fun to try if you feel like your wide attacking mids aren't really getting involved, is I've tried this a few times, is to put your uh, width like quite low, but then have your cams on drift wide. That's, yeah, maybe. I've got it on sort of middle width, but if I make it like a little bit more narrow and then, yeah, just put one, maybe put one on drift wide and see what happens. That could be cool. Yeah, I think it does help because uh, the tendency for people is that they think, oh, I need my wide players to get more involved. And so they make their team narrower or they make it really wide. And actually having the whole team quite wide can be a real problem defensively because of three balls because you end up transitioning from your players being really wide to them being more narrow I'm assuming because you don't want your defensive width too wide because people can just play through balls uh, directly through uh, the center of the pitch and so that can lead to your team being kind of out of shape in the transition so I think if you are going to tweak tactics to get more out of wide players probably changing instructions is generally going to be better. And also, you know, hug sidelines, which maybe yeah. we'll come back to. Uh, but Japes, you obviously play a formation which is naturally wide and is quite reliant, relatively on wide players and hit the top finishes. So do you have any particular tips? I think probably 50% of my attacks go through the middle, 25% left, 25% right. But with the 4-3-3, what's in, you know, I have get in behind and cut inside on my wide players. So I'm... It's easy to play a through ball and get them involved when they're matched up on an out of place fullback, you know, mm. if, especially if I'm playing on the counter or something like that. So I, I do get them involved, but they don't, they still don't hold any of the same level of importance that my central striker does, or even in many ways, my two central midfielders, um, the LCM and RCM. And obviously I have a holding player behind them, but the central players just do far more. And I, I would say like people that, get the most out of their wide players oftentimes are quite tricky dribblers 
and so are really looking and consciously trying to isolate players out wide before working it back into the middle. And there are a lot of pro players whose tactic is not to go straight through the middle. They play the stupid, like, right attacking mid to the right back, to the CDM, to the right back, to the right attacking mid, to the right back, and then it's a through ball all the way down the line, and then it's just mm. looking for a cutback. So those those sequences, though, are all fairly manually controlled where they're tapping R1 to call the player back to start playing the sort of like 1-2 or get that left back to step up on the right attacking mid and allow that space in behind and then either using L1 or an L1 uh, X to send the player on a run down the line. But it's all pretty manual control for that outside player. So, you know, it's a, it's a tricky thing getting those those wide players super involved. But I think for me, uh, what's worked best for getting wide players is involved is when I leave room for the AI to recognize that there's space for them to attack. So when I have my striker in the 4-3-3 on the false nine instruction, he drops into the midfield. It's all of a sudden like a light bulb moment for my left wing and right wing that are like, oh my gosh, look at all of this space that we can now attack. And then they start to get more involved that way. So, you know, we had our content pod last week, which ended up being very persuasive about the Icon SBC. Well, despite running this road to glory where I have avoided doing SBCs, it did persuade me to uh, buy a ticket to the raffle. And I did it. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah. And the back opened Dutch flag. Got a bit excited, was thinking about all the great Dutch icons there are. And then uh, it flashed up with centre-back. I was like, oh, Rijkaard. And then I remembered he was a mid. And then, of course, it was Ronald Koeman. So, yeah, not the best at all. And I did tweet you, Japes, and said, do you want to swap me your whatever it was that you got after that podcast, Ronaldinho? And uh, you said, you know, do try him. And I was thinking of trying him anyway. I sold off some players. And I was thinking I would go a bit untradeable. So I popped him at centre-back. And moved him into CDM. I put engine on him at first for better dribbling and balance and all that kind of stuff. But to be honest, it didn't make much difference. So I just thought I'd put a shadow on him for the extra pace because he was a bit slow. Well, more than a bit slow. And actually at CDM, he was kind of okay. I mean, I was doing something really fun though, which was playing a 4-1-2-1-2 narrow with the fullback on the right side going forward basically constantly. And I'd play it around on the left side of the pitch, shift it to Coman, who'd ping a massive through ball to the right back who'd push forward and the right back would always have space in front of them and be able to pull the ball back for a cutback or sometimes occasionally get in on goal if the opponent was playing a high enough line but yeah it was really actually to be honest a lot of fun and it was annoying to get an icon like that but it certainly made for an interesting uh, tactic and uh, experimentation and I ended up switching my through balls to semi-assisted which for the long distance a cross field through ball uh, over the top seems to make a massive positive difference actually so it could be worth people trying that but yeah, it does disadvantage you in other ways so i wouldn't definitely recommend it are you telling me that you're now having more fun because you decided to roll the dice on the icon sbc even though you didn't get the icon that you wanted yeah you're not completely wrong he's a good fun icon because he's got some crazy stats that are fun and he has high free kicks long shots all that kind of thing as well so yeah you're not wrong i have to say and let's move on talking of fun and get into something we've been asked a lot about and that is our experience of the next gen fifa japes let's start with you what are your thoughts at the moment i mean it was fun i 
my understanding is that next gen is back a few patches so yeah, it's like like three yeah so it's not perfectly up to date which isn't great but as a whole what i kept commenting on as a like the main difference for me between next gen and i don't know is it current gen or old gen i don't know what it is now, <laughs> yeah, um, what is it now? Yes. The, so the the biggest difference is on ps5 it felt like the pitch was bigger hmm. Like I had more room to work with and I don't, I don't know what I can attribute that to or why it felt that way. Um, but it just felt like there was a bit more space, which for my style of play is a good thing and something that I enjoyed. And certainly there are like cut scenes and graphics that are, you know, exceptional, I'd say that are, are really, really fun. But, uh, as it related to like gameplay wise, that was the biggest difference. The game also, I don't know, at times did feel a little bit more responsive with the extra animations they've added in. It, it feels smoother the way that the players off the ball operate. I'm not saying that you'll get, you know, better runs. I don't think the gameplay is massively different, but the off the ball players just do things in a more natural way. And I think that is partly because they've added these breakpoints in animations where they can change every frame which they couldn't add to every player because of processing capacity, but now can add them to off-the-ball players. And I'd say the game did feel quite a bit smoother, you'd assume, because of that kind of thing. Because the mechanics aren't massive, well, they're not really different to current gen. But the one thing I would say is that the player base is not big. And uh, (laughs) one of the biggest issues... I found was pretty much everyone I played was say gold one caliber or better. They were so good, every player and their teams were really good as well. Because obviously, you know, they're committed enough to be playing FIFA weekend league on next gen, having had a console pretty much as soon as it's dropped, which is hard enough to get hold of anyway. And so whereas the weekend before, I think it was, I went 14 unbeaten at the start last weekend on next gen, I went seven wins and eight losses in my first 15 games which is like unheard of for me that that just doesn't happen and I was like okay wait have I just I did downgrade my team a bit because I was aware of you know impending crash etc I decided to go back to old gen FIFA to finish off my final 15 games and also wanted to kind of compare the difference at that point as well and I won 13 on the spin uh, as soon as I went back so <laughs> I would say that if you are planning to try and be vaguely competitive in weekend league then it's probably not worth playing weekend league on uh, the new consoles quite yet i mean for a start there's not too many differences anyway i think you know if you want to take advantage of next gen then you should be playing games like valhalla or something like that right if you want to kind of see what it can do and while it looks amazing and i i'm going to really enjoy playing it i don't think i'm going to be playing weekend league on it just because it's sad to say, but it doesn't feel like it's worth putting myself through that just to see slightly better graphics, right? Next year, when they probably make much bigger changes to the game engine, to the way the game plays, then you know I'll change over probably full time. But I think at the moment, I'll probably you know go between the two. I just played Next Gen the last couple of days. And the same thing, I've went from Division 2 to Division 4 because I've been playing so much co-op and like really enjoying it. Um, mm. But then I went and I lost two games in Division 4, which again is sort of unheard of. The other thing I couldn't find to get right, I couldn't get the ca- I can't get my camera right at all. 
As in, were you trying to change the camera to what you normally had? Yeah, so okay. the, I had that default one, this new camera. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I saw Matt HD Gamer put some stuff up and it just felt weird. So I, and I changed, but I always use co-op, which comes back to, we talked about co-op in our pods maybe two years ago now, like a long time ago. Mm. And it just, the camera angles just feel different, which then obviously affects the way your players move on the ball. I found shooting a lot more difficult because like you know your default angles just feel a bit different yeah, as well. yeah which could be a thing for saying i don't know if everyone will have moved over onto ps5 or the new xbox by the end of this fifa but there's maybe something to be said by staying next gen taking the mm. hit for a month or so and then it means when everyone eventually comes over like there'll be a rush at christmas i guess when everyone gets the playstations and their xboxes at christmas you could then be sort of one of the good ones. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point, actually. Yeah, you could get the be clear, come team of the year, you could be cleaning <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, if you can bear it for a bit, then uh, maybe it will give you a big advantage. I would say something else which potentially isn't worth bearing with, which I won't have experienced because I'm on Xbox Series X, but you both will have being on PlayStation 5, is this new extra resistance on your triggers for when players get tired or something along those lines. Japes, did you keep that on? Uh, I turned that, so I turned that off immediately. It is so, it is the most annoying <laughs> yeah, <I> thing <laughs> as your players start getting low on stamina, essentially. Like, and it happens quite early. All of a sudden, the controller is like, you can't push down your right trigger to sprint as easily. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? This is annoying. It is so, <laughs> it is so annoying. And you feel like you're doing battle with your controller the entire game. And I, I like understand the goal here is for it to be like immersive. And, but to me, that's like a, Hey, look at this cool next gen stuff that we can do and include. It's a really poor experience in my mind when trying to use that playing FIFA. Mm -hmm. I just think as well with all that stuff, the controller, people say, oh, look at this new stuff they've got. And I'm like, you forget they'd done all this when the PS4 came out, like the interactive mm. D-pad and the speaker built into your controller. Like that all was there. It just didn't work. People didn't like yeah, it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think if you're playing a shooter, it's quite cool that like if you've got a sniper, you can feel a bit of resistance on like your trigger buttons. So it feels like you're actually pulling, you know, like a trigger on a rifle or whatever. But when you're playing FIFA, you just want the buttons you press to make the character do the thing you want them to do. Like you, do you I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's not, you're not shooting a gun. It's not first person. You don't, if you want it to be realistic, then when I played weekend league after four minutes, I'd be too tired to go on. If you want to make it feel like real <laughs> football, do you know what I mean? Like that's why I play FIFA. So like, yeah, I, I do wonder consoles do that every year they bring out this stuff and they, it never really works from my experience but then maybe this year they get it right but it doesn't feel like it's right at the minute and certainly not in fifa yeah also um you mentioned the camera earlier i know what you mean about the camera feeling a bit different i like japes i believe use the telebroadcast pretty much the same settings right japes you have like 20 20 height zero zoom height zero zoom yeah and Maybe that's something to do with why the pitch felt more open or something. Maybe it's like a slight difference in the, the camera like position or something. But I was thinking, actually, it's worth talking about the camera that they introduced, which is the default, because it is tempting to play on that. And I played on that for a little bit because it looks nice. But it really is a massive disadvantage for playing because it, you can't like get any sense of depth, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about it this weekend. I haven't actually tried customizing that camera angle at all. 
right? Like tilting it up over the pitch or playing with it at all. But I did a bit. What yeah. I what I felt when I was using it and what made me think of is like if I was doing a simmed career mode, mm. that would be cool. <laughs> like, but beyond yeah, that, yeah. you're putting yourself at such a disadvantage using it for ultimate team that I, I you know, it's it's a nice addition, but I can't see that being adopted in any way, shape or form by anybody worth their salt at the game. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. why I don't understand that why someone who's people that develop this this particular game think that like because it feels like the camera angles change a bit and stuff. And if you're trying to take a shot, it could be literally mm. a, a, a slight change in camera angles, the difference between you putting it in the bottom corner and you putting it off the post or just wide. Like it yeah, yeah. Cons- you need consistency with yeah, yeah. with all this stuff. Something that always makes me chuckle slightly is when I hear people say that FIFA is a football simulator. Because, well, yeah, it is to an extent, I guess, but really it's more of a football on the TV simulator. It's, you know, it's, it's basically mm. just trying to replicate the way games look on the television, isn't it? Rather than an actual game of football. Mm-mm. Exactly. Sorry, we've probably talked enough about next gen. I think the, the bottom line is that it looks amazing. It is the future. It's going to be good. I can see them adding loads of great stuff and already the animations are improved and, and things feel smoother. Connection-wise, didn't notice a massive difference. And I suppose... Obviously, in the future, people are going to be switching across more and more, and that means the player base issue will go away. And as Ian said, maybe switch now permanently and you'll have an advantage at some point. But apart from that, yeah, it's going to be harder. Uh, and I think that's important to, to highlight. Ian, I know you've got to head off shortly. Important business to be getting on with. But I was going to ask, who did you get? Because I bet you did a base icon pack. I, I got Baby Maldini, which was I thought was, which was good. When you talked about it, it made me realize I've genuinely done the 87 and one of the 85s and there's like an hour left on it. So I better just try and rinse through because that's a lot of coins to completely disregard. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a gig as well. So we better let you yeah, get I need and... to. I need to. Sh- I do need to shoot off actually and do a little um, test for this thing. So uh, thank you very much for the tips, lads. I do appreciate them. It was great to have you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and people can catch you on that other podcast, of course, the content one on the Patreon, but they can also catch your streams, et cetera, et cetera. Ian Sterling, easy to find. Thanks for coming on. No worries, boys. Speak to you later, all right? Hello, listeners. This week's podcast is very kindly sponsored by the guys at Mystic Jerseys. It's coming up to Christmas, so it's a great time to start thinking about presents. And it's also a great time to be supporting small businesses. And what better small business to support than one that supports the podcast? Particularly excited about this one because the guys at Mystique are actual fans of the pod. Mystique Jerseys offers mystery boxes containing genuine football shirts from clubs around the world. These are really fantastic gifts. And of course, many of the club's kits are actually in foot. So you could get a mystery box and potentially end up wearing the same kit in game. The other thing is it's a very customizable service. If there's a club you want to avoid or even a colour that doesn't suit you, you can mention that when you order. The best thing is they're offering an exclusive 15% discount for Foot Weekly listeners. Just head over to mysticjerseys.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E, jerseys, so J-E-R-S-E-Y-S.com, and use the code FOOTWEEKLY for 15% off your order. And I should say it's UK and EU only. A huge thanks to the guys at Mystic Jerseys, and let's get back into the pod. So uh, Ian's gone. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. 
so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Great to have him, of course. And if you enjoyed having him on, make sure you do uh, pester him on social media to come back when he can. He only has so much time, but we're always happy to... uh, have his time when he can so uh, that always helps but let's get into the rest of this gameplay pod there are plenty of questions actually come in and uh, this one's a nice straightforward one now, i'm sure there are plenty of different answers but as a question goes nice and simple broadfield fc asks what's the best way to win a penalty shootout and or score a regular pen japes what, what's your kind of go-to plan for pens and penalty shootouts put it in the top corner <laughs> no look there's there's a an increasingly popular penalty kick tactic where you don't actually put your thumb on top of the left stick. You sort of cradle the area in between your, you know, the swoop, if you will, between your thumb and your index finger and slowly move it, um, the cursor into the top corner and use, you know, one or two bars and time it well. And it's, uh, it's near unsavable if you have a good penalty kick taker unless they move the keeper over to that side and then dive that way as well. So for me, that's my kind of go-to tactic in the middle of matches these days. I think when I when I think about beating people in penalty kick tactics, you're obviously playing mind games and the you can still look at the player's head that is taking the penalty kick for your opponent and sometimes they will nod and give it away which way they are trying to go. Um, the other thing I'd say is that People in general are creatures of habit and remember where they take their first penalty kick because when it comes down to crunch time, chances are they're going to go back that same way. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to to keep those things top of mind as I take them. And then, you know, I, oftentimes I'll dive the same way over and over and over again because to me, logically, it's like, how many times are you going to actually go that way? Right? Do you, are you going to really go left five out of five times? So there's that. And then obviously there's the tactic where you move your keeper a little bit left of center, or a little bit right of center, and then dive back the opposite way, which allows you to block if they go straight down the middle. And if they don't take a good penalty into the corner, you'll get to that as well. Mm. Yeah, I actually saw the video that I think it was hashtag Harry, or he's not hashtag anymore, is he, he plays for Fnatic, um, did on that penalty technique for saving them because it does make a lot of sense what you can do is as jakes was saying save both penalties that are in the middle and also penalties that are just either side of the middle and what and as you said what you do just move to the side and then as they come to take the kick you dive across the center of the goal and it i guess covers much more of the goal than uh, just standing in the middle would and also, if you're playing against someone who has a not particularly good penalty taker, that is especially effective because they'll often try to be safe with their penalty and try to avoid hitting into the corners if they have a poor penalty taker. And so if you do that, you'll massively increase your chances of saving the penalty. Um, so I think, yeah, in terms of saving, I think that's a very, very good tip. Um, and as you say, going into the corners is also a good one. I want to come back to that technique you're talking about with the thumb in a second. But uh, Steve, have you got anything to add on on scoring penalties? And do you have a particular go-to yourself? Really just want to amplify one of the points that, that Japes briefly made there, and that's to time them. Um, the amount of people that I see that take penalties without bothering to time them, it's, it's dead easy. It makes a difference. Even if you time it and get yellow, it, 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 
it increases the accuracy and the power. And yeah, apart from that, you've pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think in Harry's video, he even says that he thinks that yellow is better than green for some reason. I don't know why that would be. Maybe it generates the crazy amount of power for some reason because it's like a, a mishit almost. I don't know. I, I don't know about that, but actually one thing that I can add, and this, I mean, take this or leave this really because it, it's up there with that kind of thinking pattern, I suppose. But if I reach a position where I'm uncertain of where to go with a penalty at any point in the game, what I've started doing is just powering it up so that the uh, the white circle, the sort of area where the, the shot can go, increases not not ridiculously massive but it adds that sort of element of, of mm. chance as to where the penalty goes and if i don't know where it's going the <laughs> opponent certainly doesn't yeah yeah uh, no, 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 that's a good idea japes in terms of the almost mechanics of the cradling technique is the idea that you sort of wedge your thumb underneath the stick in order to really stabilize the reticule thing that aims the penalty yeah sort of i use the area kind of the the ultimate cradle in the swoop. <laughs> but I also completely move around my controller depending on whether or not I'm taking it with a left footer or a right footer because I prefer the curl to be like in swinging at the goal. That makes sense. So with the left footed taker, I'm shooting to the, the left side of the goal. And with a right footed taker, I'm shooting to the right side of the goal more often than not um, because I want it to go kind of curl around the outstretched keeper's hand if it is indeed going that way. Right. If they do dive that way. Okay, that makes sense. It's the point that you do you like hold on to the joystick with your with two fingers as well? Because some people do that. It's almost my thumb is almost pointing where the charging cable would be. And then I nestle the left stick in and slowly start to move it whatever direction I want it to go from there and my my both my i'd say my thumb and my index finger are pointing you know if the controller was a clock they're pointing to 12 o'clock and we're slowly moving it around that way because i i mean frankly my uh thumb by itself on top of the left stick is just not very stable so the the really the concept behind it which is the more important thing you can use the cradling you can use a variety mm. of different ways but what you're trying to do is stabilize the left stick mm. And if your thumb is not able to do that, like me, like many players, then the more touch points that you add, or you know, if you're moving your whole hand, you're eliminating shaking from one direction. Mm. And so you're going to get a more accurate free kick out of it, whether it's a free kick or a penalty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's a, a useful, broad explanation around what you can do for penalties. I would actually encourage people, and I say this, because obviously the podcast is not a visual medium to go on YouTube and look up tutorials by people like Harry. And that will help a lot, I suppose, in terms of the sort of specific techniques. But yeah, I think the psychology of a penalty shootout is quite an interesting one, which Jake's talked about a bit as well. And I do think that sometimes just not thinking and in the split second that you come to take the penalty, then thinking is actually quite effective if you can block out what's happened previously in terms of your own penalties that can help just because otherwise you slip into this sort of certain pattern that your opponent can read. But I do want to highlight that point about Jake's made early on about if someone has taken a penalty during the game in a specific place, remembering that because you might go to penalties is really important because they almost always will forget that penalty and put it in exactly the same place. Let's move on to another question, which is something that I've actually been thinking about this year and I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before because it's always been something that's there but I guess you know we're preoccupied with other things often we don't think about everything 
But this is a detail that I think for some reason, and maybe it's because of through balls being more effective um, because of the counter-attacking opportunities feels more notable this year. But Hicks is saying, when you start a game, is there anything you do to help with the fact that your players are in the incorrect positions? For example, I have my CDM starting at strike and my left mid starting at right centre mid. Uh, the first few minutes of a game feel quite chaotic whilst players move into the positions for my preferred formation. And yeah, this, this is also something that I found and it's especially bad if you move your defenders because I was obviously, you know, moving Coman out of centre-back and that can cause, you know, holes to open up. And I'm not sure I could necessarily think of a very good way of solving this apart from, you know, quite concertedly keeping the ball at the start, which can also give you, I think, a psychological advantage over your opponent because they feel like, you know, you're in control. So if you get the ball at the start, I think that's a great way of dealing with it. But apart from that, I couldn't really think of many good solutions for this. Japes, do you just sort of grin and bear it at the start as your players move around the pitch? Uh, I mean, or I'll just foul them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I know. I mean, fouling just is, is such an effective thing this year as well. Look, your, your goal for the first five minutes, like you're never going to truly win the game in the first five minutes, but you certainly can put yourself on track to lose the game. Mm. So for me, it's kind of like, what's the... What is the upside of playing overly aggressive while your team sets up in their new formation? Especially if you have players moving. I start in a 4-5-1, and that means that Renato Sanchez is basically playing out wide left, and he's got to get all the way over to the right. Sometimes I have Joe Bamba going over to play like right wing as well, or Ronaldinho is going from striker back to right center mid. Or, you know, you've got players moving in a lot of different positions, and if you think about just how the game would be programmed, not programmed to say, okay, we want to play a 4-3-3. We're going to slide into the nearest 4-3-3 relevant position that makes sense and lock in defensively until it's a good time to move. It's like, no. Think about the like way it works in pro clubs. If you're out of if you're meant to be playing striker and it says, hey, you're out of position, it's got those arrows that are basically urging you to get back over to that position as quickly as possible. And my feeling is that's how the AI interacts mm. with the uh, positional and formation changes early on in the game. So just play it a little bit slower and don't just don't give up a cheap goal. And if you have to foul a player, dude, just foul a player, mm. right? Like they hardly, they'll give out the lightest fouls ever in the box this year, but they're, I mean, if you slide tackle a player and it's even like half clean, chances are you aren't even getting a yellow this year if it's outside. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. And Steve? If you're in possession, all you can do is exactly what you said, Ben, just pass it around the back. I, um, the way that my Bielsa ball tactic is set up, Kante has to drop in between to make a third centre back the way that I play it with my team. And all I'll do is pass the ball around until I see Kante make that drop. And then uh, I pretty much know that I'm good to go. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I think also you can say there's a dead ball situation, hold the ball on that for a bit, and that will mean the countdown uh, goes while obviously there's no danger. So that's potentially something you can do as well. And that actually reminded me, a little thing that I mentioned last week was hug sidelines. We were talking about D-pad tactics. And I completely forgot to mention, but I think it's a, a good little tip because people have been asking a lot about getting out of the press, things like that, is that if you have a goal kick and you hit hug sidelines, you'll actually see your players, uh, your wide players, move to the sideline literally as you press it or as soon as you pressed it. So if you are struggling to get out from goal kicks, 
doing that if the opponent isn't playing that wide which they often aren't even though they're pressing you can mean you get a, a really easy goal kick straight to, to your wide player um, obviously if your team's really deep that could be a problem but as long as they're up the pitch that works quite well so I think it's time to move into the final question here. I'm going to combine two questions, one from Scoggs and one from Cordless Hawk. Both of them within their questions ask about beating an opponent in a situation where the defender is directly in front of them, you know, at 12 o'clock to your player and with the goal on the other side. And I think the first thing to say here, which is a bit of a qualifier for the response I'm guessing we'll get is that that is probably the most difficult place to do a skill move to beat a player because the defender is very well set and really skill moves are to take advantage of when your opponent isn't set properly and if you're directly in front of the defender you don't really have the angle to be really beating a player you're probably going to need to combine multiple which is mentioned in one of the questions but Steve what do you think about this? You've you've kind of nailed it to an extent uh, already there, Ben. You've, um, if you you need an angle, really, if if you've got any kind of angle to go at the heel to heel, is really effective and just giving you that speed boost. Mm. I guess if if the space, I mean, it depends how it's situational, isn't it? Really, the the bridge dribble could work if if it's directly in front, if the player's directly in front of you, because that'll obviously knock the ball to the side. Mm. The roulette can get you past somebody who's straight in front of you. But really, you, uh, hmm, I don't know, the, the Elastico as well, I guess, will get you past somebody yeah. directly in front of you. Because that's the thing, they, they're all going to change your direction anyway. So whether you're facing them 12 o'clock, once you've done quite a few of the skill moves that are there, you're going to end up at a different angle, right? Yeah, absolutely, especially with the Elastico. But, but I mean, there's, there's also stuff like, I mean, really, I'm trying to imagine these sort of scenarios in my head and, and what I keep seeing is is the fake shot stop yeah. where you do end up with a, a, a defender faced directly opposite you. So you're looking at things like uh, La Croqueta, um, Elastico, mm. that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the one thing that does sometimes work and we know that flick ups need patching because you can flick the ball up forever and it works surprisingly well is that you could just do a rainbow flick and that sometimes will take you directly in front of you over an opponent but it, you know it depends on the opponent it depends how far away they are and and ideally they they would be coming at a slight angle towards you anyway japes anything that you would do in in that situation it's so it's just so situation dependent and opponent defended mm. there's no like perfect way to skin the cat yeah Depends what kind of cat it is, doesn't it? Is it a Siamese a, cat? A well, I was going to say, I suppose if it's a skinless cat, it's already skinned itself. So. <laughs> Talking of which, I'm going to reskin something that I've been saying for quite a while and I just feel like still I don't see enough people doing it or talking about it compared to how effective it is. And it's one of those things that when I come up against it, I struggle. Certain good players will use it against me and I'll think, yeah, you know, I am doing the right thing. This is something that is effective. And it is that directional nutmeg, which I've talked about before, but I think it makes even more sense in this context because I use it, yeah, sometimes just to accelerate into space, basically. But where that is especially effective, of course, is if you use a skill move, and there are plenty of different ones you can use to create a different angle or shift away slightly from your defender and then engage LB, RB, so that's L1, R1, and that right stick flick 
in the direction that you want to head away from the defender, that'll work to create that bit of space after you've you know changed direction slightly, but not actually got away from the defender. So it is something that is very, very effective, but you just have to remember that it's not for doing tight angles, if you like. It's for accelerating into space, which is roughly in the direction that you're heading into anyway, or that you're pointing. So using a skill move to find the angle first is going to help you mm -hmm. leave the defender behind you. Talking about leaving things behind, we've got to leave the pod behind us as we head off. But of course, there is that content pod out already for supporters. If you are not a supporter and would like to keep the pod going and get double the amount of podcast content for just £3 a month, and I'd be delighted if you join the tiers above to welcome you to the Discord community too. And you can do that over at bit.ly slash more pods. That's bit.ly slash more pods. Right, Japes, pleasure to have you. My pleasure is all mine, Ben. And where can people catch those streams of dreams on a Saturday and Sunday then? Those sweet, sweet streams. Uh, they are Saturday and Sunday, uh, 8.30, 8.9 a.m. my time, which is about 3-ish uh, UK. It's twitch.tv slash FIFA. Again, massive shout to those of you guys that pop over and say you're from the pod and drop your Prime sub. I certainly appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you can tweet me and let me know all your thoughts on things that I say and you disagree with or you indeed agree with those as well. And, of course, if you disagree with Steve or Ben, then you should definitely let me know that on twitter and that's twitter.com <laughs> and of course you can follow the pod i always forget to mention at for weekly pod it is in fact very close to ten thousand followers which is quite exciting well we're above nine thousand anyway and you can follow me at for weekly ben and then steve will get your plugs in at the foot coach of course on twitter and of course steve there is somewhere for people if they are struggling with their gameplay of that there is always the foot academy which is where people can come to check out my latest gameplay tutorials. Uh, we've got a lot in there about defending at the moment. There are custom tactics. There are tactics based on real life. There are champs channel breakdowns where I've, I've sat down with various professional players and we've looked at one of their games on the, the foot champions channel and broken down their gameplay. They tell us what they look for in certain situations and, Blah, 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 blah. Too much to mention, really. Uh, great stuff. Good value. If you're not already in there, check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash foot academy. Great. Well, that wraps us up this week. And a huge thank you to all you listeners for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And to those supporters for keeping the podcast going. And those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Hunter B, Alistair, Martin M, Jordan, Matt L, Liam B, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, David S, Robbie S, Andrew C, Tom B, Paul S, Yannick H, Stephen F, Eric T, Dominic G, Christopher R, Damon H, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Brian S, Sila P, James P, Mikael L, Nishant, Anthony R, also ran, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, Alan M, and Savage P. Before I leave you, I just wanted to say that, well, FIFA is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone. 
At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. Cradling the joystick and yeah. Move on, quick Ben. Help. Are you sure are you sure it's not the sound of my voice, Steve? That well, that is a thing. Wasn't going to admit to that, but you've called me out now, Jake. <laughs> when, when I have your Twitch streams on, I don't actually look at the pictures. That's so right. <laughs> so it's always nice when someone sponsors something that you may well have ended up saying anyway, or perhaps probably have. It's nice to get it clear though, and that is EA would like to put across this message, which is about dual entitlement. The first part of that message is that you can play the Gen 4, so that's Xbox One and PlayStation 4 version of FIFA 21 on Gen 5 consoles, so Gen 5 being um, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. What's also important to know then is matchmaking is based on the version of the game you're playing, not the console. So if you're playing the Gen 4 version on a Gen 5 console, you will match up against people doing the same, but also Gen 4 console players. Added to that, as you probably already know, your Foot 21 progress carries over between the generation versions. And also, if you buy a FIFA 21 on Gen 4, you will get FIFA 21 for Gen 5 for free. So if you have that Gen 4 version, you almost definitely have it already on Gen 5. This is just a summary though, and you can find full information and conditions and restrictions that apply over at ea.com forward slash dual hyphen entitlement. And that is dual spelled D-U-A-L. Right, that wraps up this pod. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.